And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. And it left the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Trapped, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, so. Country music and fine moonshine. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, Jim here, Boots and Whiskey Podcast. Welcome to a special Saturday episode of the show. I know we're giving away so many shows right now, but um, we have a lot of things to say. We got a lot of people to get through um, till the first of the year. We're going to take the next two days off of giving you episodes, and then we're going to give you episode 200 on Tuesday. Very excited for that one. Um, We had a blast with that one. But today we have Noah Smith on the show. This is an episode or a conversation rather that we have been in the process of making happen for oh god, it feels like years now. Um Noah Smith is such a good dude. We I think we caught him at a great time. Um you know, we've had previous conversations with him before and you know, I don't want to speak on a term but I I just don't think it was the right time for us to chat. But I think this this time was the time to chat. Um, and his, his story and his outlook is so positive. I thought it was a great episode to, you know, put out on Christmas weekend. Um, you know, we could all use a little positivity right now. I know it's hard for a lot of people, the holidays, the holidays suck. You know, let's, let's be honest, you know, as much fun as they can be and all that stuff at the core of it, a lot of it sucks, you know, but that's why I wanted Noah on the show today. So thank you, Noah. I hope you guys enjoy. If it's your first time here, welcome. Check us out on all socials, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, the whole nine yards. We're there. Boots and Whiskey Podcast. Check out our website, bootsandwhiskeyentertainment.com. And kick back, relax, enjoy the show. You know, put it on while you're while you're doing some Christmas shopping or getting ready for, you know, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, whatever, whatever the hell you're doing on a Saturday. Um, so kick back. Put those boots up, pour yourself a drink, and enjoy our conversation with Noah Smith. We want to give a big thank you to our friends over at Off the Rails here in Worcester, Massachusetts. You can find them at offtherailsworcester.com. They have a great restaurant, a great music venue. They have everything you would want to feel like in Nashville right here in Central Mass. If you're ever in the area, check out the restaurant, check out the music venue. Again, offtherailsworcester.com, 90 Commercial Street, Worcester. Check them out. Hey, Noah. Hey, what's going on, man? How are you this morning? Ah, uh, fantastic. It's actually uh, a crazy, beautiful day here today. I woke up and it's like I had a hoodie on and a beanie and walked outside. Now I'm just like t-shirt, weather, and sunglasses. So we're good to nice. go. Nice. Nice. <laughs> it's raining here, but that's typical. <laughs> so how's things, brother? I've spent a long time. We've been trying to get you here and settled in for, geez, it feels like two years now. Well, you know, we had this whole thing where we all had to stay inside our houses for a little while. And it's, that was, in my eyes, that was like 10 years ago, it feels like. I feel yeah. like I've uh, 
I've lived two lifetimes since then. I feel like so. No um, yeah, man, thing, things are good, man. Putting new music out, um, and getting back out on the road as much as we can, and um, I'm I'm really stoked about this new single that just came out, and you know, family's good, life's good, and band's good, all all that kind of stuff. We're just uh, taking it one day at a time, enjoying where we're at, and uh, yeah, man, it's good good to be back chatting with you for sure. That's good, man. That's good. So this is this this is about you, man. I'm gonna let you kind of like tell your story and right. Um, how, how you get to where you are and we're going to, uh, you know, just jump in here and there and shoot cool. the shit and have a good time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so as cliche as it sounds, who are you and what the hell are you doing? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. You, you've, you've interviewed enough artists to know that all you need to do is say, Hey, let's talk about you for 45 minutes. We're, we're, uh, we're generally pretty good at that, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, man. Uh, who who am I, man? What a good question. I feel like I need to write that up on my wall and just just stare at it for a little while. But uh, um, you know, man, I'm a I'm a, an Ohio born born and bred native uh, Ohio Buckeye, I guess we'll say from uh, from a little place called Brown County, Ohio. It's kind of a bean field, tobacco field country. Growing up out here, and uh, I'm still here raising my family, me and my wife, and my three boys, and. Uh, my beautiful wife's a photographer, and I just got three awesome, awesome boys, and um, you know, fell in love with music early on. Um, English class when I was in eighth grade, like I had a English teacher that let me bring in. The, we would bring in like mixtapes, and I remember just bringing that in, and she thought like my mixtapes were cool. So I, I thought that was really exciting. Kind of got me into like, okay, hey, something's about this music thing, you know. And then we. Uh, started doing like free writes and and uh next thing you know i fell in love with songwriting within the next couple of years and it's very typical midwest started garage bands punk rock bands and if you wanted to be in a into music out here you had to like scream really loud and play your guitar amps really loud that was kind of the the <laughs> only way to make music and um along the way i kind of you know realized that lyrics meant something to me and i was drawn to them and um the rest is kind of history. That's kind of what put me into the country music space because I just fell in love with storytelling, and um, and and I still absolutely that's where my heart is. Like it, it's all about songwriting for me. Um, and then just so happens we get on stage and have a blast and and throw parties wherever we go. So that's that's a bonus. But it's all about songwriting and lyrics, and I just just absolutely love it, man. And haven't been able to put it down since. And um, so I've been touring as an artist for you know pre 2020 days we were we were hitting like 12 states in canada for a couple years and we're really cooking and then things kind of just being real transparent i mean the brakes got put on us at a really pinnacle time of us kind of me kind of emerging as an artist and as a band and um and now we're kind of re we kind of reset regrouped and been writing songs the whole time and now i'm just in a really great place just happy and smiling and uh finally okay with that i finally shook off some of my emo punk rock roots you know and it's like it's okay to enjoy your life and, and make music and uh you know they'll have have a good family and good friendships and keep my faith strong and so that's kind of where i'm at right now real i know that's a simple answer but it's like i'm just at peace right now making music and, and loving life and everything that uh, god's putting in front of us it's we're just in a good place and excited for the future that's awesome bro that's so great now when you when you discovered you like to write songs and stuff, were you playing guitar at that point too, or were you just working with the with the words and the lyrics and that sort of thing? Yeah, man, it's kind of funny. I'm actually on my way to my first uh, official 
Uh, I've never had lessons at all, but I'm currently, I decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm in this game. I need to sharpen my skills. I'm actually going to a vocal lesson. So I've never had a guitar lesson or anything, but, uh, and so I'm on my, I'm on my way there right now today. But, uh, yeah, when I, when I started, it was like sitting around and your buddy would have a guitar and you kind of just stare at their hands and figure out what they're doing. And, uh, um, you know, we had like, I think we had like a music theory class when I was in high school, but we like checked out of music theory. We just, we found like this back closet and we just sit back there and play guitar the whole time. Um, and that was, that was kind of where it started. My best friend, um, had a guitar at his house. My family's like, my, my dad was a laid water man. You know, we always joked that we we're just a bunch of ditch diggers. Like that was it. And they played, they played mixed couple softball. So there was you know, like, there really wasn't even a lot of music in my house. And sometimes I wonder if that's not what really, you know, kind of turned me on to the whole thing was when I would go to my best friend's house, his, his folks, like his dad had like the 300 disc CD changer, you know? And so, yeah. and this really good killer sound system. And we would just sit there and like soak in the music. And I was like, Oh, these people are hearing the same thing I am. Like, this is different, you know? And from there I just started picking up guitar and, and taking off with it. Um, I think I skipped over what your specific question was there, but I, I got excited. I'm getting nostalgic here. So no, 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 you actually pretty much nailed it. You yeah. Nailed it. Um, <laughs> You know, it's it's funny you mentioned the punk rock thing, you know, because um, I'm guessing you're maybe a little older than I am, if not in the same same ballpark. Um, you know, I remember being in in high school and like punk rock was the thing, right? Yeah. For some ungodly reason. But um, <laughs> you know, I've heard it a lot lately over these last few interviews of artists, especially the guys that were like really into punk rock and got into a punk rock band and then you know, kind of transitioned into country music. How does that work? Yeah, man, for me, I think it was just a natural, like I, growing up where I grow up, it's like we, everybody loved everybody. Like, I think we're in a pretty small community. So it was like, there was the sport kids. There were, there was the theater kids. There was the band kids and I, there was the farm kids. And like, I was kind of all of those things. I mean, a very Midwest story. My, my family, ran a construction company for 30 years and grew up, you know, working in tobacco some and, and, uh, you know, keep being out in the hay field and being in 4-H. We had, we had hogs when I was a kid, but also, you know, if you were lucky enough that one of your friends had cable, cause he couldn't get it, we couldn't get it on my street. <laughs> cause we lived at too far out. Like you'd go over there and then also like MTV and MTV two were a thing. So it was like, yeah. We were, I think that is true. And you, you see a lot of those influences coming out and, and a lot of, I think a lot of modern music right now and a lot of pop music, there's a lot of rock. Um, you know, there's a band called Papa Roach that I've always said for years that like, they're, they weren't punk rock, but like, I always joke that like, you hear these guys on interviews or gals and they're like, yeah, I grew up listening to Willie and Waylon. And I've told this story before, but it's so true. But it's like, I really didn't do that. Like I found like the first first taste of country because my parents did it. Like we had like Paul Simon and James Taylor in my house, and then yeah. some at some point. Like so, it was always about how your friends influenced you. Um, and then at some point, I remember my mom bought me an album. It was like, oh, this is all. And then I got like the the Red Stripes, Garth Brooks. My brother had it, and I remember just like sitting there soaking up every lyric of like. Oh, there's something else here besides this music that I think I like. And then you kind of grow from there. Um, but it's all about a feeling, man. A music can take you somewhere. It's like, I think I can do that 
with a folk song and I can do that with, uh, you know, a, a double kick pedal rocking, you know, heavy metal song. Like, so if, if I feel that thing tapping into my spirit, then it's like, I'm going to make it. And at times I'll be, you know, I've, I've struggled as an artist, I think, and, and kind of confused people along the way because I've put out some different sounding stuff and I have more stuff. Like I just dropped a love song for the first time ever. That's pretty kind of smooth probably the happiest song i've ever put out but it you know it took me till i was you asked how old it was like it took me till i was 36 to be okay with that and be like this is me too man this is a piece of me um i you know i think a lot of musicians go through that. i know i did it was like unless you're sad people don't like it or unless you're like putting your head down it's like i just so happen to be a dude that likes to laugh a lot and so it's like that's okay too noah and it took me a long time to be kind of comfortable in my own skin as like this version of me in 2023 and so yeah it's uh i love it though man i think i think none of us can make music and not be influenced by hip-hop you know mtv like the things that were happening like trl was very real when we were kids like so we can't you know a lot of people hate on the the music like well this this new country music it's got you know this that it's like of course it does it should this is what these guys were listening like nelly was a big deal when we were in high school right like like yeah. it should if it's not influencing our music then we're not we're not listening you know and, and so i'm about it man I, I think it's great i think it i think it needs to progress and keep moving forward and you see it a lot with like what's hip right now there's a lot of like darker tones like the folky side of things and you know that's where where a lot of people you know zach bryan's fallen into the world in a big way because it's like almost going back to like the grunge day With keeping that Central Mass vibe going, we have to thank our friends over at the DCU Center. Again, here in Worcester, dcucenter.com. They are the premier venue here in Central Massachusetts. They are a mid-size arena. They're the home of the Worcester Railers, the Massachusetts Pirates. Numerous concerts, numerous events. Check them out, dcucenter.com. They are at 50 Foster Street right here in Worcester. Cheers of of what what rock was but it's it's country music right no i i agree with you a hundred percent you know it's funny but you talk about when you know when we were in high school and you know everything that was popular and trl and all that like none of it was you know really in the mainstream none of it was really country you know you weren't seeing country songs on trl until or on mtv until nelly and tim mcgraw do that duet together you know it's like you're not you know, yeah, country music was there, right? But it wasn't at the forefront of, you know, popular culture as it is now. Yeah, man, thank God for that Nelly and McGraw song. I, I know I can't think of the name of the song, but that's so funny. Like that, that was like a pinnacle moment in musical history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like, what the hell is Nelly and Tim? You know, and at that yeah. point, Tim McGraw wasn't just a he wasn't a nobody. He had had an established career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At you the know, end of the day, we, at the end of the day, we all just wanted to go to prom and like shake our butts and and have girls shake their butts and and have a good time. Like that's what I was right. like. Whatever felt like we were having a good time, I was about it. So whatever it sounded like is what it needed to sound like. We were out doing like the uh, cha cha slide. You know, those were yeah. those were the days. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny because like I do a I do a little bit of DJing and stuff on the side, and anytime I play Amazed. Lone Star, it brings me right back to like middle school, high school dances, and it was like, that's the only song I remember being country at the time that like everybody knew. 
Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. Because there's a lot of young, like like uh, my oldest son's 16, man, and they they listen to a lot of that stuff. And it's like some of those, it's that era of music. I still think. I mean, obviously, everybody thinks the era that they were born, they were they were in high school and college, and was like the best. But yeah, man, I, I think you know '90s country and even like early 2000s. Like after that, things got a little weird for a while. But like there was just some monumental songs that like, you talk about, like DJ in a wedding. Like some of the best wedding songs ever came out of that time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you anymore. That's that's spot on. You know, it's, and it's wild how different it was, you know, when we were growing up and when we graduated high school to what it is now. You know, we didn't have the access to every song imaginable like these kids do. Oh, it's absolutely insane, man. The, the amount of what they can have and like an, what we have, too. I mean, I think about that like. I actively try to listen to the radio just so I see like I used to I worked in radio sales out of college for a little bit. So it's like a it's like a bad habit of mine. But I'll, I'll still try to keep the radio on because it's like, hey, if you know, I'm, I'm writing songs in the in the country uh, world. And it's like I, I do need to keep my eye on what's going on. But I also listen to like a ton of pop stuff or I'll listen to like um, that. You just su- super got into a band called the 1975. I just saw them live the other day. One of my uh, my front of house engineer Chris and tour manages for me. It's his favorite band, and he, he bought tickets and took us to go see him. Dude, the 1975 is like, I, there's no way I'm gonna not be able to not let them influence my music after I saw them live. I was like, I gotta have some of this. So, there's just so much music out there. It's it's uh it's a really special time to be an artist and a creative. And I mean, even like working if I'm working in spreadsheets, it's like. I can put YouTube on and just jam to like lo-fi beats, jazz, and it puts me in. It's like I, music just makes everything better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, you know it really does, and it's it's wild how, you know, you said it. You know where whatever you're listening to is influencing you. You know it's yeah, because it just it's natural. You know if you're listening to a ton of, you know that band or a ton of another band, it's if you're writing and doing all these things that you're going to start to hear those sounds and those influences. And I think that's awesome. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. So now, you know, you, you had mentioned going out on the road and doing all these, all these things. Is that, you know, kind of what the plan is for 24 is to hit, hit the road hard again. Absolutely. I, uh, I really feel like 2024, um, now we've been saying this for a couple of years and, you know, kind of waiting, but, um, I feel like 2024 is going to be better than what I thought 2020 was going to be. And that was kind of, you know, we were in a really great spot and I try to, I'm at a place where I've like mind shifted out of this talking about what it was and could have been to what I know it is. And, um, you know, we're putting dates on the books we're putting, have a couple festivals that are going to be coming up. Like, um, you know, when we, when we start getting hit up as an independent artist, like November is, is kind of the time that a lot of stuff starts locking in for next year. And, you know, uh, municipalities and festivals and different things like they get their budgets. And so like to see the emails that are coming in and some of the calls that are coming, it's like, all right, we're, we're in a good place right now for what's to come. And, um, you know, I got, I got some music stacked up that I'm ready to, ready to put out. And we're kind of, I'm like told, you know, tell the band like, Hey, we're going to rehearse. We're going to enjoy Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then it's like, let's rock and roll in 2024. And, um, you know, I'll keep writing and making trips to Nashville and, keeping the you know we got to keep the thing churning the the butter churning if you will but uh yeah, um, yeah man i i really think uh, i'm excited for for this year and we're just having a blast right now and i think maybe for the first time i'm just like in my whole life i'm just 
it's the culturally like when you're when your kid coming up and loving music like that you definitely make these rules for yourself and and country has rules and punk rock has rules and hip-hop and rock they all everybody culturally has these like this is how it should be yeah. and i think for the first time in my life i'm like no this today is how it should be and this is where i am you know and um whatever that version is is what i'm happy about right now so um like i said i just dropped dropped a song called way back and it's like my fans and my that support me on patreon i asked them all like what do you guys want to hear more of and they were like this was uh you know when things were kind of shut down and they were like why don't you write a love song you need some love songs and so i was like all right i'll go write some love songs and piled a few up and way back was one of those tunes that that really spoke to me and i was like this is a real love song about what you know our life looks like and what real love stories looks like let's put it out it's okay to talk about your feelings man like and and it's okay to talk about love like and so i'm just yeah again man i'm I'm super stoked where where we are and where uh where i am you know i mean that can all change in a heartbeat obviously so i'm just grateful to be present in this and get back to zero not not add anything or take anything from it and just know that we're doing good work we're working our butts off right now so i think uh you know you plant enough seeds the the fruit will come yeah for sure for sure now how you had mentioned it i wanted to ask how often are you going back and forth to nashville yeah man right right now um i'm down there twice a month um i just set it on my calendar every month and usually i go around song rights that i have so I'll run, roll in like Monday through Thursday and then come back and to play weekend shows or head out, whatever we got to do. But um, I try to be down once or twice a month or at least twice a month. Uh, there was a time, a season of life where I honestly, I think I was down there maybe too much, like just grinding and grinding. Cause when you first pop in, you're like, I need to meet everybody and shake every hand and be in every room and go to the same places and hang out. And that's a big deal to like connect and, and meet new folks. But um, over that time, I, I found some really genuine people that, you know, are, are my people and, and love me and my music. And, and I love writing songs with. And at the end of the day, I like to hang out with. And so I, I'm kind of more focused right now on, on being with those people, the people that, you know, show up and I'm able to serve. They're able to serve. We're both we're both uh, kind of equally benefiting from just living life together and versus kind of going up and forcing forcing a thing with every person it's like blind dating an entire city almost when you're you know meeting co-riders and finding those people but you know it took me four or five years to kind of find a circle of people that i, I really love to just be around and that's what i do so i come into town and just try to focus on that and play a couple songwriter rounds and i mean nashville is just a magic place like the the when you go down and kick up dust if you live there or you don't there's just always so many good things that come out of it um it's beautiful to see like i've had some friends that we're opening for me a couple of years that are signing publishing deals. Like, um, you know, with uh, my buddy, Ben Chapman, who I've written with and has slept on my couch and been in my van, just announced that he's playing the Opry. And it's like, you know, there is a piece of like, yeah, that doesn't happen. That does not happen in every city. And that's why everybody goes there. Um, you know, I've, I've chose the path of to make the big commute. Like uh, I'm, I'm settled in where I'm at and I think we're doing an all right job kicking up dust and, and uh, we'll see what happens from here. But that's awesome. The food, the food's not bad either, right? And there's, uh, it's a drinking town, so you got to be careful. You got to, it'll, it'll sneak up on you. That's for sure. <laughs> that is for damn sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know, you just put out this single, you know, really at, at the time we're talking a few weeks ago, um, yep. 
Now, what is what is the plan with your music going forward? Do you have enough? Do you have like a a bunch of stuff stockpiled where you could put out an EP or an album or whatever sooner rather than later? Yeah, man. I'm. Uh, I I think. I guess the answer for that would be yes. Um, I de- you know, I have I have another single that's ready to go next year. Don't want to don't want to show all my cards, but that's also no. part of my magic trick is to show all my cards sometimes. Now we got to thank our friends on the North Shore, the Porch Southern Fair and Juke Joint. Our buddy Jonathan Post is the head chef and owner of the Porch. They are at one seventy five Rivers Edge Drive, right in Medford, Massachusetts. Don't want to miss this place. They have some of the best food in the region. Jonathan has brought his Nashville roots here to New England with the food, with the hospitality, and most of all, the music. Check them out, theporchsouthern.com. I'm good. Yeah, man, so way back, we're just, you know, it's it's getting a lot of love right now, and it's been really exciting to, to see that happen. And we're just a little DIY, independent, shop label if you will that's uh you know and so to see you know i think i think it just i don't know it's just hit like thirty thousand streams in a week that's pretty organic of us just touring and fans and getting the word out and so it's been pretty cool for that to happen and um you know i've been writing a ton i think I'm, i've got i've written some of the best songs of my, my career and um yeah we're just you know we've been in the studio so we got a couple things cooking and I always kind of have, I'm always making things and, and in my own home studio, I'm always producing and working on, on stuff. So I kind of have things on simmer and then I have the stuff that's like coming out of the oven, if you will. And, and, uh, so we'll, uh, we'll be dropping new music in 2024. That's, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, I think midway through the year next year, if we look to the, our left and right and it's like, Oh, there's a, there's a stack of songs here that could actually be an EP or a record that we could put out. Um, so we're kind of in that discovery spot right now. Like, let's just see what each song does and test it out and be uh, grateful for, for what we have. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good year. I, I can tell you that. That's awesome. I love the way you do things where it's like, a, you know, you have a plan, but it's also based on like what's also what's going on. Yeah, man. I mean, if you don't have the the the, the label, you know, the uh, the major label budget, I, I think one of the things as independent artists that a lot of people are afraid to do is actually test. You know, you get a song and you think it's the best thing in the world and you think it's this, this magical diamond that you get to have. And it's like, I can keep that and never share it. But why not? Why not share it and then believe that I'm going to write a better song? And so that's kind of my, I'm always trying to test things. And sometimes it takes a lot of money to do that in the music industry. I mean, it takes a lot of capital to move the needle and, um, at any level it takes money. And so a lot of times it's like stockpile the money, go out and get the nuts and berries, make the music and then put it out and see what happens. And at the end of the day, I know this, that like I, the music industry doesn't do anything for me. So I stopped making anything for the music industry. What yeah. I mean by that is, like, I love the people that are in the music industry, but the, the giant monster with the big red beady eyes of the music industry, you know, it's like, why do I make stuff for what I think is going to be on the radio? Because I have no control over that. Now, if somebody came to me and was like, hey, man, we love what you're doing, and, and you know, this is going to happen at some point, like, let's, let's you know, put something behind you and look at a deal. Like, I'm all about having a major label deal. I'm all about having that conversation but the only thing I can control is that I there are people scattered throughout the world that love my music, and I love being in rooms with them. 
And so let's just do that because it's the, it's the only thing that I know really how to do great. Um, and, and so I try to make music for the fans. Like I had a song called, why don't you come over that dropped a couple months back and we didn't have a whole lot going on, but it was like, man, my people want music. Let's put this one out. Yeah, my people, yeah. you know, and, and, and until somebody comes and says, Hey, there's a different way to do it. Um, this is what I know. And so, yeah, shouts out anybody that wants to give me a call or shoot me a dm i'm always up for new ideas uh but uh, you know being an independent artist it's like sometimes you wear the sometimes you wear the camo hat sometimes you wear the cowboy hat sometimes you wear the the business hat you know like you, you got to be all these things and uh it's it's a wild it's wild to be making music in 2023 that's for sure yeah no it, it sure is it it's it's wild to be making music, period. But, you know, we are, you're also in a time where, you know, we see it all the time where you don't necessarily need that major, major label either. You know, where there's been plenty of people that have, you know, come out of, uh, you know, really nowhere and yeah. done great things without the backing of, you know, a, a label. Yeah, the uh, shouts out to the big old family, man. That's my uh, my fan club, my fan mem- you know members, what they call themselves, the big old family. Um, they, I mean, the embers are are burning hot, and they they have for you know have been been relative, and like that's something that I think is it's hard for a lot of us to look at and think you know we're not we're not doing you know you turn on your you put your Instagram on and you. You know, if you follow other artists or, or other podcasts, you see everybody, you know, uh, you know, Cody Johnson just dropped this. Luke Holmes is doing this. You know, right now, Lainey Wilson is like the queen of the world. It's like you can look at all these things and not think what you're doing is special. But I, I, I don't know. I've always had this perspective of that, like, kid in high school, back of the class with, with playing music. And it's like, I think I'd be pretty proud of what I'm doing and, uh, I love this quote and it comes up all the time, almost where it sounds cliche, but it's like our, our small steps are someone else's big dreams. And so yeah. you know, the fact that we get to go play shows, there's somebody out there that just wants to write a song and, and we're, we're making decisions on which one's the best to put out at this point. And so, uh, yeah, man, like, I think that's it. Like getting back to that reality of like, I'm at peace where I'm at. I think that's where the magic happens. And that's where you see people getting mad because it's like these people aren't even trying and they're they're signing a label deal. It's like, yeah, there's, there's like a superpower in that because they they don't they don't necessarily need it. And that's why, you know, if, if you if you look like you need it, like this industry and, and is going to you know sniff you out really quick. <laughs> like you can want oh, it. Yeah. But if you're sitting around needing it, it's like, man, you're like and also it's just going to be a really weird toxic weird life if if that's it if that's the only thing you consume like go take a walk and throw a frisbee every once in a while (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's too funny um so being in ohio and you know growing up there and, and doing everything out of there are you primarily touring in that general area or are you you know are you at a point where you're branching out into different markets that maybe you know Oh yeah, man. The old, uh, you know. the old, the old van just got some new tires on it. So we're, uh, uh, you know, $400 in the hole. No, I'm just kidding. We, uh, <laughs> uh, we, uh, no, you know, last weekend, uh, we were just in, in Indianapolis, Indiana, Georgetown, Kentucky, uh, Blacksburg, Virginia. Um, you know, so we're, yeah, we're, we're getting out on the road. I mean, we've, 
you know, we've hit Georgia, Alabama, go down through that way. We've been out to Iowa, Nebraska, um, you know, Michigan. We're, we're hitting Michigan later this year. Um, trying to get a date. We're, we're playing a New Year's Eve show up in Sandusky, Ohio, and uh, we're trying to work out some stuff that weekend possibly. But, yeah, man, it's all about getting out. I mean, you know, I've been full-time with me and my guitar uh, for a couple years now. So, um, you know, obviously now there's more um, – Monday through Wednesday, you know, me and my, on a stool making money, paying the bills, funding the thing, writing songs, like, sharing, you know, doing songwriter rounds. There's a lot more of that on my calendar. Um, but then on the weekends, it's all about getting the van and, and hit the road. Like, we, we want to be as busy as we can. Um, there was a time where I'd only play three or four shows a year in Cincinnati, and that was a really good moment in time because we kind of starved everybody out. Uh you know, just, I'm being real transparent with that. It's like I'm kind of reanalyzing that because at one point, you know, yeah, it's cool. I'm making a living with me and my music. But then, you know, if I water down my home base, sometimes that can get a little tricky. But I think the answer for that is like I need to write better songs that, that move people. And the, the songs will answer all of that. So, um, you know, marketing is a huge deal. But I think the right song can can change it all in the right moment. And so that's, that's another, you know, piece that I focus on, but yeah, let's go. I'm on the, let's, we're all about getting on the road. That's where it's at. Some trail mix, you know, seven of us and the trailer, we're ready to roll. You have a seven piece band. Uh, so I have five. Um, and I'm a, I'm a crazy maniac that says I'm going to take, uh, we have a guitar tech and, uh, that does production and helps us with stage hand. And we have a front house engineer, and uh, I try to take that everywhere I go so we can really hit the mark. Um, and, yeah, I know that's crazy. and might mean some people listening are like, well, you, you know, because some people only tour with three, you know. But yeah, um, I try to keep it – I try to hit the mark, you know. Wherever, if there's ten or 10,000, it's like we're ready to go. So <laughs> that, That's actually impressive and incredible. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, thank you, man. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a, a – stubborn uh stubborn me of doing that a little bit <laughs> but uh that's i really just believe in keeping the integrity high and and uh our sound you know chris harding shouts out chris the hard, the hard dog and you know both both of our guys on our crew are both eagle scouts so it's like once they rolled with us consistently where you're like we can't go back this is great like i wa- i walk out and it's like oh there's water on the stage like this is you know we've been doing this for 15 years it's like yeah it's okay for there to be good moments in this but yeah, i mean there's times when we're not all together but that's that's the plan that's the ideal situation so and it's just a blast and they become your best friends and family and your work you know when you're building the barn together you really build some great relationships yeah for sure now is everybody that's in your band how long have you guys all been together yeah a couple years now guys have came and came and went you know during covid times obviously things got a little wild and um you know people 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 change and grow and um but the guys that are playing with me right now they've been you know my two guitar players have been kind of like in and out of that seat for like eight years uh my front house engineer chris has been with me for five um you know and everybody else is kind of in the last couple years locked in and um it's a grind you know i I know when people were like i'm in man i'm in it's like well this is going to be a wild ride for a couple years and I know that wears on some people, but um, we've got a really good, you know, I've got, you know, our bass player has been on the road for most of his life and just the wisdom that that guy's got. Our drummer is kind of a younger, newer guy. And so to see those guys really, really team up and, um, you know, Shannon and, and John like connect on that way this last year, especially, it's just like, 
this is really what it's about. Like we live our life and music is a part of it. That's something we say all the time. It's like, let's have a good life. And then it's cool. Cause you get to make music like that's, that's the best way to do it. In my opinion, not the easiest, not the most profitable, but it's, uh, it's something to be proud of. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Now, now, you know, as a, as a dad, you know, dad to dad and you know, you have, you said you have three kids. Yep. Three boys. Yeah, oh yeah. Right? We have three <laughs> boys too. So I get it. Oh, no uh, way, man. Dude, no wonder we both sound exhausted. So I think I would be totally remiss if I didn't mention our friends over at 10thwhiskey.com. That's 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. They're out of Vail, Colorado. Great, great friends of ours. We, um, we don't like bourbon here at the Boots and Whiskey Podcast, and they make the absolute best bourbon I've ever tasted in my entire life. And I'm not saying that because they've been great to us. They have the best bourbon, the best rye I've ever tasted in my entire life. So check them out, 10thwhiskey.com. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. Cheers. Yeah, yeah, this is this is all the time. Um, now, you know, with that, how, how do you manage that, that side of it? Uh, me and my wife do a lot of cocaine. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally a hey, PSA. I'm totally joking. Anybody that wants to call me oh, on that. No. So, so uh, you, you guys have the same lifestyle either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not only that, or, you know, our three boys are like, um, they're, they're, they're spaced out. So, um, yeah. you know, we got three country boys that are their uh, cash Whalen and Brooks. That's our son's name. So they That's are, awesome. uh, yeah. Um, so the, the punk rock roots got moved out when we, when we named them, they were, uh, our, me and me and Candace's first date was Walk the Line, you know. So that was like the well, you know, Walking Phoenix and all that was on it. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Walking Phoenix, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that that's where walk that's where the cash came from. And uh, it's so funny you name your kids and then you think it's unique. And now there's like a bajillion of them. And right, um, right. there's also a million Noahs that are in the world. When I was a kid, there was never they were nowhere. Now they're popping yeah. up around every corner. It's absolutely wild. But um, but yeah, man. So yeah, we just. You know, she's a she's a photographer. She's an entrepreneur. That's that's her full time career. And uh, she has an amazing, you know, it's amazing thing. She's many years now. and She's built up the bond that she has with these families that have, have, you know, from the time their kids literally have been like born to graduate in high school. almost. It's like she's built that and it's really special. And we have a ton of support from our family. I mean, we're deeply rooted. Um, I mean, part of that is like, I don't know if we could operate the way that we did if we moved away. Um, and you know, so pop of it, part of it's, you know, Papa getting in the van and going and coming back. And I used to lay water main, you know, 40, 50 hours a week. I was gone from the home and, and now I might be gone for two, three nights, but you know, Monday through Wednesday, I'm, I'm, uh, in the van in in the other van in the minivan we just got a minivan for the first time in our life so it's hilarious but uh yeah we haven't we we haven't bit that bullet yet we've always had the tour van i was like i was like you want the you want to do the suv or do we want to you know the third row like anybody listening to this as a parent will absolutely relate to all that talk but you know but now yeah monday through you know monday through wednesday i can i can be there taking them to school and like that time to me is absolutely amazing like that and they know that like we're very we're very vocal it's not like dad goes to the vac the factory and we don't talk about work like our kids know that we're grinding our kids know like we have conversations that are like because we're doing living this lifestyle that doesn't mean it's an excuse not to you know we don't play the you know poor artist like 
you know, starving artist card. It's like, no, but I tell my kids like, this is why we're doing it this way. This is why we might not be going on four vacations a year because we're building something and you get to be a part of it. And I really, I really think they see that. And my wife and my parents are both, uh, my parents just re- recently retired, but they're both entrepreneurs and run their own business. And so we got to, vi- we got to see that. And to me, I think that's one of the best things you can pass on to your kids. It's like, they're, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to, they're going to do different things. They're going to go different routes, but if they know how to work hard, I mean, that's really like the best thing. Cause at least, at least they can figure life out. At least they can, they can, they can go to work. They can go work hard and figure something out, whatever it is, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. I, I don't know how we keep up. Honestly, sometimes our, our calendar is insane. Um, you know, I got, I got a team of people that help behind the scenes with, with, you know, from booking to some, you know, business management stuff. And, you know, I'm, I've, that's part of what helps my life be able to check out if I need to, or, uh, my wife's just a complete angel of a human being. She's a she's a warrior, and she was meant to be married to uh, a, a goober like me. That's for sure, because it takes a special person to, to be be with an artist. That's that's no doubt. Yeah, yeah. She's sitting right there next to you. No, yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. Timestamp this. We're about yeah. I'll center that for sure. Yeah, at thirty six minutes, honey. I talk really nice about you. Oh, I tease I tease her all the time. Like she books for talk. She'll post something like. I got these photography sessions. She'll sell out of like 12 of them in like an hour. And I'm like, man, I wish I could book shows like that. <laughs> no shit. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> now, so when you're booking shows, right? And, and, I, and I ask because it, it's a very interesting conversation that I've had with people because, you know, we deal with a lot of venues around here and try to, you know, get people to, to come here and, um, you know, up here in the Northeast, a lot of places are reluctant, you know, because of whatever reason, you know, they're afraid that tickets aren't going to sell or this, that, yeah. the other thing, right? Do you run into that a lot? Yeah. I mean, you run into a lot of unanswered phone calls and emails when you're trying to break out. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I understand that. I think, I think the right venues are out there that are willing to take risk on people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, you know, you can't roll into a new town and, and when you're an independent artist and, you know, unless you've got some a fan base, I, I think it goes both ways. Like artists complain about the venues and ven- venues complain about the bands and the artists. It's like I do believe that there are places out there that want to do mutual. It's like, hey, we're growing. You're growing. How can we actually benefit one another? And I suggest that to bands a lot if people ask me questions about booking. And I'm not I'm not you know, the expert, but I've, I've been doing it long enough to have some answers. And it's like, well, of course they're not going to book you. You have nothing to give them. And so, right. you know, we try to, we try to connect with bands and artists in those areas so we can kind of come in. Um, all I need is like one time in your room. And if there are people there, we're going to do the job and we're going to impact. And so that's the trick. It's like getting in that one time and then over delivering, whether it's, you know, posters or just caring for their people and realizing it's really not about you. It's about the venue and the people that are in the room. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's tough. It's, it's, it's hard for places to take risk. And especially if, you know, financially, um, on a ticketed side, like unless you're moving tickets, how, how do you do it? Um, I'll tell you this, just a little offshoot story. One of the things that I realized and it's really changed my perspective is 
Um, so I've been to Denmark twice in the last two years with the Nashville Knights. Shouts out Nashville Knights International Songwriter Festival. One of the things that I learned being in Denmark was in their coffee shops and uh, in their movie theaters and their bookstores, those are just coffee shops, movie theaters, and bookstores. Or their, their bars are just bars. They're just pubs. And then they have music venues. And at the music venues, they have music. And, yeah, they sell beer and stuff. But one of the things that I learned from that is, like, it's just capitalism at its best in the old United States of America, right? Like, uh, we force feed music into every situation. And, right. and so I think we need to look at it as, like, the person on a, the, the person on a stool in the corner playing songs at the pizzeria is actually in a completely different industry than somebody that's selling out arenas. And a lot of times people look at that as all of the music industry, but it's a completely different thing. Like you can go make a hundred grand a year as one person sitting on a stool right now. If you can play some songs, if you can play two and a half hours of music, you can go do that. But if you want to go make records and make art and make music and, and build fans and connect with people on that level, that's a whole different thing. And so I don't know. I really thought that was interesting being in Denmark. It was like they really appreciate their music because they don't put it everywhere. Wow. And it, it and it doesn't become like oh dude the people in the the people in Olden Denmark I think I said it right it looks like Odense but like Olden is how they say it. like they are in that room and they want every second of what you have to give them because they don't get it in every every place and America is just it's such a wild place to to be making anything really but oh, at the shit. same yeah i mean at the same regard if you want to build decks for a living you can start a business tomorrow and charge ten thousand dollars of deck if you want <laughs> like, right it's, so it's not to get into economics talk but it's definitely an interesting and it's kind of made me rethink like how we do things it's like you know there there is some luxury to this and and uh i don't know when you're when you're treated like a commodity you probably operate like a commodity and I think a lot of times like bars look at and the bar venues, you know, they look at right. it that way. Right. Like the bar is like, we're doing you a favor by having you here, you know, yeah, yeah. like that kind of attitude. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, in every group of, you know, three dudes and one of them's an accountant, a history teacher and uh, a stay at home dad, like they can start a band. Dallas Jackson here with Tips and Music. Artists, are you tired of getting $5 to play Freebird? How are you getting fans to engage with your own music? Venmo and Linktree are just temporary solutions until now. Tipsy Music is the one-stop shop for live music to make your life easier and monetize your set list. Tipsy takes Venmo, Apple Pay, Google Pay, and even credit cards all through your unique Tipsy QR code. The best part is no app to download, so fans can pay you quickly and get back to getting tipsy while watching you do what you do best. Sign up for free today at tipsymusic.com. That's T-I-P-S-E-E music.com at Tipsy Music on all socials. Long live live music. be in their garage and go make a thousand bucks at a, at a venue and they don't care about this artisty thing that you're doing right and it's like don't complain about it what we need to, what we have to do as artists is make better art and try to figure out how to and i kind of look at the whole thing as like this craft you know like i grew up a myspace kid so there's this whole way we yeah. look at music and and what we do with it and um yeah we've been we've talked about all kinds of stuff today this has been a <laughs> yeah i'm gonna, we... I'm not gonna sleep tonight, man. My brain. <laughs> Bro, we don't fuck around here. This is this is you know this is the show, and this is how we do it. We don't give a shit about you know anything except for really our guests, you know, and Food's their story. 
boots and whiskey and everything else. That's right. <laughs> well, speaking of which, and I and I know you're getting on to your uh, your vocal lesson, which I have a I have a quick question about. Are you afraid that with a vocal lesson you're gonna change your sound? No. Uh, and by the way, I've never told anybody that. Like my band is the only people that know I'm doing this, and for some reason I got on your podcast and said it. So uh, my my <laughs> my ninja was like go to work and then come out. of It's like when you come out of the gym and your next thing you know, you have abs, you know? So uh, I've been working behind the scenes really hard on this. Uh, one of the reasons being is um, um, I actually, the gal that I'm, I'm actually using as my coach names, uh, I say her name wrong, but um, Kyleen, it's not Kyleen, Kayleen, Kayleen, it's Kayleen Talent is her name uh, in Fort Thomas, uh, Kentucky, actually. So one of the reasons why I, I'm super excited to work with her is because the approach that we talked through was you're an artist and this is your voice, but how do we help that voice? And so we're actually like working on specific songs of mine. And like, I was never in choir. I was never, I've never any of this it was like straight up a garage band kid. I have no idea what I'm doing. And uh, you know, you pick up things along the way and it's really a lot of it's confidence and it's 80% mental and, She's just really been helping me like mentally get to that place has been a big part of it. And so when we started talking about mindset and, you know, amplifying what I have, like, yeah, I'm not going to come out of here sounding like an opera singer, but there are pieces of that that I, I want to get stronger with, right. you know? And, um, yeah, this is, I, I've kind of not been a student in the musical world as yeah. much as I, I need to be. And so this is part of that is just challenging myself and wanting to grow and, and be, yeah you know, better at it. Yeah. It's like going to the gym, you know, working out a muscle you, you know, you've always had, but just making it stronger. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. Yeah. Now, now before I, you know, before you, before you fly and get to your lesson, I do have obviously the boots and the whiskey question. So what are your boots and what is your whiskey of choice? All right. Well, all right. I'm going to be real, real, real. I am wearing a $45 pair of Amazon uh, slip-on boots right now. My guy. <laughs> that are they're, They look suede, and they look like my nice boots, which are the Tacova Shanes. Um, I've had that pair resold uh, two times already. So uh, Tacova Sh- the Shanes, Shane Smith, like that, I think that's who they're after. But uh, those are my, my go-to boots. I absolutely, I'll never not wear a pair of Tacovas if I'm buying a nice boot. I bought these because, uh, they looked like my other ones. And, uh, I was going to be walking around Denmark a couple months back. Like you walk everywhere. That's why they're like way skinnier and better, and, you know, better health than us. Yeah. And so these are more like slip on kind of casual. Uh, and I always kind of made fun of people that wore these, but I'm like, man, I get it. These things are like, they look cool and they're like gym shoes, you know? So, but but yeah, the Shane Tacovas, I uh, absolutely love them, man. My, uh, you know, some guys in my band have Tacovas, and uh, um, my, my dude Matthew Douglas Simpson, who sings harmony, and uh, we write a ton of songs together. Uh, he was a co-writer on Way Back. He just got a pair of like their ostriches. I'm like, dude, these are the coolest. But now I'm bummed because I had Tacovas before Yellowstone was a thing, and now everybody wants them, and now they're also like a hundred dollars more a pair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how so. it works. Your boy's been wearing shouts out to Kobe's. Your boy's been I've been wearing them for uh for quite a few years, so I need to need to hook up y'all. But and then uh you asked me you, you asked me about whiskey, right? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Um this is a this is a simple simple answer, but uh Maker's Mark makes me think of my dad. So if I if I'm in a mood, I want to want to think about my dad. My dad's still around, but he always had Maker's Mark sitting on his shelf. 
so that's like a go-to Jameson if I'm with my band because it's cheap, but it's also a little. It says I actually care about what I'm drinking. Uh, but if I if I'm gonna sit down and actually sip um, on a whiskey, uh, I love Woodford Reserve and I love rye whiskeys of any kind. Rye, I'll just. Rye reminds me of some uh, some moonshine that we've had across around the years. That uh, there was a couple years where everybody brought me moonshine because I was thinking about it a lot, and uh, the and it was like so I have like jars piled up in our thing. But rye whiskey just kind of puts me in that like campfire mood. You know what I'm saying? It's just got this like somebody cared about this a little differently and made it. You know, so um, yeah. There's a rye Woodford, right? It's like a green label, I think. I think I think so. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not. I've never gotten into Woodford, and every time I tell yeah. somebody that, they get all like, shy. yeah, yeah. So that's kind of my, you know, I mean, if I've had, some, I've, I've been in the like, I've had. I will, I will say one of the one of the best ones that ever like changed my like, oh, this is different. Uh, is Angel's Envy? First time I've ever tasted that, I was like, oh, this is why people love to talk about whiskey and bourbon. Yeah, you know? we're kind, we're you know, I'm I'm right or close to the state line, so we're in, we're in bourbon country, even though we're in Ohio. But Kentucky's the you know bourbon bourbon of the world there, so any of that. But yeah, Wood, Woodford's probably my 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 clutch answer on that. I probably so, buy more Woodford. Nice. Hey, you know what about I? What about me? Yeah, I mean, you probably talk about it all the time, but like, what's your what's yours? I need I need a I need a uh, suggestion. Um, honestly, I like a lot of the stuff that comes out of Buffalo Trace. I mean, I know that's kind yeah. of like a cliche answer right now. Um, I really like the Tennessee whiskeys um, that are out there. Um, and there's a lot of stuff out of Texas that is yeah. really, really good. But, um, you know, I'm not much of a bourbon guy, but I did find a bourbon that I do like. It's 10th Mountain um, oh, yeah. Whiskey Company's bourbon. It's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Have you ever had the proper 12 Irish whiskey. No, I nope. Not yet. Yeah. So it was like, uh, I think Con- it was Connor McGregor's company. And then I think yeah. he might've sold it, but it was definitely, I got kind of into that just as like a fancy, like, cool, this is proper 12, you know? But, uh, then I, then I talked to somebody that's like really into Irish whiskey and they were like, Oh, that's total piss, man. Like, don't drink that. <laughs> but, but, but I, I have like, I was thinking about my liquor. Uh, we have like a little ice box that we turned into a liquor cabinet. And like, I probably, I think I have, there's like two bottles of proper 12 in there. So I've been enjoying that as well. Nice. Nice. Yeah. We got a, we got a quite a bit of stuff that still hasn't been opened and, you know, looks awesome. right from the shelf and it's like, yeah, what am I going to do with all this shit? <laughs> Guess I got to drink it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, one sip at a time. That's right. All right, Noah. Well, thanks for coming on, man. It was great to catch up and, and shoot the shit. And I hope your your lesson goes well. And I look forward to everything you're doing coming up. And we'll chat soon, man. Yeah, Jim, th- hey, thank you so much, man. It was oh, it was yeah. uh, really sincere. It was, it was good to just sit here and chat. And I kind of forgot about the, the rest of the world for a little while here. So this has um, been fantastic. Awesome, man. I'm glad to hear it. All right, buddy. We'll, uh, we'll chat soon. All right. Thanks, man. All right, see you. See you. Well, there you have it, everyone. Our conversation with Noah Smith. Noah, thank you so much for coming out on the show today. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, I think it was a very positive, very like, um, you know, go get them. Like, don't stop at your dreams kind of shit. 
You know, it's awesome. I love that. I love hearing that. I love feeling that from an artist. Um, and what a great way to kick off, you know, Christmas weekend and the first of the year and, you know, all that stuff. It's a great message. It's a great hopeful message for this time of year. You know, it's, it just, it was awesome. It's just an awesome, awesome episode and conversation and message. You know, like I said, I said message like 17 times, but you know, it is what it is. It's Saturday guys. Tomorrow's Christmas Eve, and then it's Christmas Day. For those of you that have kids, Godspeed. I'm sure your kids are like mine. They're driving you fucking nuts because they're just like, when Santa, when Santa. It's like, oh, God. Soon, soon, I promise. I want presents too, bro. Um, but yeah, so thanks for tuning in, guys. Check us out on all socials, like I said at the beginning of the show. Um, I told you, I think yesterday, that I was going to see Ricky Duran last night. Um, some things had come up. I couldn't make it, unfortunately. Um, I've been feeling all under the weather and stuff. And I just, you know, with the holidays, it's just, I didn't want to push it. Honestly, that's what it came down to. So I'm sure it was a great show. If you were there, let us know how it was. Um, and that's all. I hope you guys have a very Merry Christmas. We will see you after Christmas for episode 200 with JR the Handler. And that's it, guys. You know, remember here at the Boots of Whiskey podcast, it's all about real people, real stories real country and until next time guys like i said merry christmas enjoy the next couple of days and until next time guys keep the boots on the ground and the whiskey in the glass cheers y'all merry christmas